one to brown bag bets powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen and joining me as always, and I guess a Goose Island hat today, Mr. Andy Molitor. And joining us, for a little, we're a little early, no baseball Friday. We have some uh, horses to talk about tomorrow. So we're doing baseball Thursday today. Mr. Burke, how you doing? And uh, what kind of hat are you wearing? What does AW stand for? Uh, this is Alex Williams, one of my favorite country artists based out of Indiana. So uh, throw him some love here on today's show. I appreciate that. I like that very much. Yeah, I'm in support. I was going to say support craft beer, but Goose Island almost probably isn't craft beer anymore. They've gotten big enough. It's like Line and Kugels and all the rest of them. Like they're big enough. Chicago beer, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a pretty it's, good. What, one. Do, you, what like, do you call that? Macro craft? Is that what that would, would be? now? I would. Yeah, some of those have gotten a little too big for their britches. Corporate like, craft. Corporate. Yeah, they've gone. They've gone. It's like us, man. We went corporate. So it is. <laughs> it, it is what it is. But yeah, baseball Friday on a baseball Thursday. I've joked around with Adam about this. I had my twins hat on yesterday. And yeah, I, I felt bad because as it turns out, you you lost money on them as I have often done over the years too. But yeah, that was kind of my my first question is, well, I went through season previews. We talked to you before the season. We talked to Frank. I talked to some people behind the scenes. I know some smart people who bet Twins futures. There were places where they were you know favorites or co-favorites to win the division, I believe, with the with the Sox. It's like. Uh, what, what are we doing? Are we just having to be done with them? Is it just like, all right, they're, they're, they're not good. They should be good, but they're not good. So we can't bet on them anymore. Are they broken? I'm not watching any playoff baseball live. I don't think this year, unless I drive to another city. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, you know, I've lost so much money on this team and it's been very frustrating. And, and I did take a piece of them. You know, they were lined in the plus plus one thirty, plus one forty range or so. Uh, to win the division coming into the season. And I thought, okay, Chicago probably wins the division, but I don't think that the White Sox are that much better than the Twins. Turns out that they're significantly better than the Twins and really significantly better than anybody else in this division because Cleveland is very much a paper tiger at this point in time, much to my chagrin. But as far as the Twins go, I mean, they can't win a one-run game. They can't win any close game, basically. And it's just, it's been one thing after another. You know, offensively, they're still not a bad team. But this pitching staff just really hasn't performed up to its capabilities. And specifically, the bullpen has just not been very good. You know, based on all the alternate standings metrics that are out there, base runs, Pythagorean win-loss, third-order win percentage, they should be anywhere from three to five games better than they are. And they're not. And the problem is, I don't know how much longer I can keep losing money on this team, expecting them to get better because all the indicators are there. They're just not doing it for whatever reason. Yeah, and it sucks too, because it's like, oh man, it's the Orioles. It's Matt I, Harvey on three days rest. Yeah, that's that's not a game you should be losing, especially if you want to make a run for, I mean, the division might be out of the, out of the realm of possibilities at this point, especially if the White Sox continue to play well. But if you want to like turn this around, because the baseball season is so long, we've seen teams do this. You think about the, I mean, the Nationals are an extreme uh, edge case, obviously, but you know, even just turning a bad start around and getting into the playoffs, it's possible, but not when you lose to Matt Harvey on that sort of rest to that team, with that line. I mean, yeah, there's been injuries and the bullpen sucks, but yeah, I think it's just kind of, uh, I don't know. It's Viking season for me yet. It's flipping, flipping it over. Certainly not Timberwolves season. I guess it's just Viking season. We'll we'll start to follow the Daily North spin and figure out which uh, which rookies to get excited about this fall because it's it's June at this point. So 
whatever. We're flipping over the calendar. I'll just bet baseball, stop caring about my twins altogether, even though I just bought a new hat. I'll go to a couple games. Maybe we'll we'll see a win. Maybe I'm the good luck charm. I've been to a game for like two years now, so I do need to get up to Target Field. My wife was very, she's very meticulous about planning those trips based on what the giveaways are. Like she'll sit uh, and hover over the menu and look at what all the giveaways. So I think I'm going to get a bobblehead here later in June. I'll uh, keep you updated on that. You know, the biggest thing that I, I kind of have a problem with here is, as I said, all of the indicators are there. And you may run into a situation where the Twins win 7 of 10, 8 of 11, something like that. And I'm going to be on the three games that they lose. You know, and that's one of the things that's really frustrating about baseball. And, you know, I know you do a lot of stuff with Whale Capper, Drew Densick, and, you know, Alex, I'm sure that you've looked at this a lot too. You see all these positive regression signs and all of these indicators but you sure as hell can't bet on that team every single day. And in baseball, it's really difficult because they play every single day. So you may expect that team to get better, to be in line for that positive regression. You play them 11 times in a row, something like that. Maybe they go eight and three. But if you're kind of spot playing them, expecting them to get better, you may pick the three games that they lose. And that's kind of been the problem I've had, not only with Minnesota, but with some other teams here this season as well. And you've got that more macro positive regression coming or negative regression for a team, but then trying to bet it on a micro game by game level is really hard to do. It's hard to pinpoint. And that's something that I don't really know how to adjust to with baseball, but it is something I feel like I'm running into more of a problem of here over the last couple of seasons. It's like Alex's three point shooting thing. Yeah, so I was basically going back and looking at all my NBA results, Adam, and, and what I figured out was most of my spread losses were teams that, for whatever reason, had a terrible three-point shooting night. And I could not go back through and figure out what I'm doing, and I've spent way too much time looking into it. But you start to look at some of the stuff like that, and I guess in a way that's like the, the hardest question to ask in betting. You look at this, you see stuff, and you're like, I know this is what's happened. I know this is what's happened, but this is what should have happened. This is what shouldn't happen. This is what should be happening. And you just have to uh, – it's – it's the thread that needle. I, I'm one more to put things to the side. I'm always happy to maybe be a little bit late on that stuff as opposed to trying to be early. I think you probably tend to get burned more being early than late. And I'm lucky enough being a tennis better where if I get burned, that's it. I don't have to deal with that for the rest of the week. But I know being a baseball better, like you said, it's tough because it is every single night kind of in and out like that. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good point about basketball too, especially you know with the increased reliance on three-point shooting that we've seen over the last few years in the NBA where, yeah, you know, if you run bad in that department, it's almost like, you know, being on the wrong side of turnover luck in the NFL. You know, there's there's nothing you can really do about it. It's just ridiculously frustrating. And you know it's going to turn around, but how much money do you lose before it turns around? That's kind of the question. No, yeah, w- watching, you know, watching a team fumble through the end zone when you're on an over. like, And you just think about that. It's like, have I ever been on an – under when that happened like maybe <laughs> like and then you know what the next time that happens i'm writing it down in my bad beats opposite bad beats journal so i can go back and look at it because that will happen to me this fall but uh yeah when i when i was uh looking at you know i my first question was gonna be hey the why do the twins suck so I, I pulled up the standings just to see like how bad the pain was how bad they were down right now and i looked i'm like i didn't realize how far we were into the season like it kind of gets away from me. It's like they said, they played so many damn games. I'm still alive in Ostrowski's Survivor League somehow. I've got the A's this week. I just need one more win out of them. I just double checked that. But yeah, I hadn't realized how much of the season had gone by now. And I looked at, you know, like trade deadline, end of July, 
it's what, like six, seven, about seven weeks away. Like, and that was my question. Like, how close are we? A team like the Twins, a good example of maybe, hey, we thought we were competing. What are we doing now? Like, how close are we to teams making some decisions on that? And, you know, how do you have to, how close do you have to follow that to start making adjustments? Because you see that it's like, oh, this guy's, you know, he's held out of the lineup. It's not as bad as, you know, once we actually get really close to some of these deadlines and all the sports, it's like, oh shit, this guy's out of the starting lineup because he's off the team like now. Yeah, like, are, are we getting close to teams making decisions on that, whether they're buying or selling? Yeah, I think we definitely are. And, and especially this season, because we've seen a lot of players hit the injured list, you know, a lot of soft tissue issues, a lot of obliques, groins, you know, those kinds of things, hamstrings. Uh, so, you know, teams have had to deal with a lot of injuries already to this point. The one nice thing is that you do have minor league baseball back. So teams have been able to make some of those roster moves and kind of call up guys that either have been hitting well, or at least in the case of injury, have been able to play a little bit. Something else that's pretty interesting to me is that uh, one of my listeners in my podcast, The Betters Box, actually sent me an email. Uh, he's a scout, an international scout for, for baseball. And he made mention of the fact that Elijah Green is like the consensus can't miss number one pick in the 2022 MLB draft. So I've been talking about Arizona quite a bit. I thought the Diamondbacks would be much better coming into the season than they are. They've been missing half of their starting lineup. They missed half their starting lineup for about a month. And then now they're kind of getting some guys gradually back. But they've lost 18 of 21, 25 of 29, something like that. But the teams that are in the hunt for the number one overall pick – there's actually tanking incentive, it would seem, this year because it's a position player, not a guy who you worry about blowing his arm out or anything like that. So that may be something as we go forward here that some of the absolute bottom feeders may really look to make a lot of those tanking types of moves at the trade deadline. But overall, you know, I think that teams really realize kind of where they are. I mean, one of the things that we saw in the month of May is that favorites became really good bets again. It was an underdog month in April. It was very much a favorite month in May. So everything's kind of stabilized here a little bit, where the teams we expected to be in the playoff hunt are the teams in the playoff hunt. So the teams that maybe came into the season hoping to contend doesn't look like they're going to be able to do that. So I think they'll make those decisions pretty quickly here to try and get some of these players into their systems because developmentally, a lot of guys lost that 2020 season. So teams will want to get those guys reps in their own organizations to kind of get things going and kind of move the ball a little bit quicker. And also, two big questions with the CBA coming up after the year. We don't know about arbitration, contract control of players, all of that. Yeah. Maybe teams will want to get guys in a little bit quicker as a result. I'm sorry to hear that tanking is spread to baseball. Not because I care whether or not teams do that. <laughs> You're just going to have to hear about it all the time now. So um, good luck with that. Um, that's interesting. I mean, I've never heard of it before. Is as have you have teams tanked before in baseball, if you will, or is this kind of like a new a new thing? It's a lot more difficult to do because the gap from getting drafted to making the major leagues is so much bigger in major league baseball than any other sport. I mean, any other sport, you can go, you know, out of juniors and hockey, or you can go right from your junior year of college and, and play in the NFL right away, stuff like that. Baseball, you've got this much greater, you know, developmental path, this learning curve. So it hasn't really been as much of a thing here, but I think that 2022 could kind of be the exception uh, with a lot of teams wanting to get a player like Elijah Green. That's interesting. Yeah, and, you know, interesting point about the minors being back too. Like, that changes a lot. And obviously, having a full season changes a lot. Having entering the right time, having 
the normal amount of playoff teams, if you will. A lot is different from this season to the last. But yeah, there was so much last season when the I remember the fight going on between the players' union and the and Major League Baseball when they were trying to even see if they'd have a season. And there was talk about like, you know, will this season count towards playing time or you know whatever you know when you get to arbitration or when you get to some of these contract things and it did kind of make a mess of things. So hopefully things don't get too messy at the end of the season. But yeah, I mean, you kind of know which teams are going to be buyers anyway. Like, hey, this team is projected to be good. It doesn't matter how good they are if they're leading the division. Like the Dodgers still might buy somebody at the trade deadline if it's the right price and they think they can add one more piece to the bullpen or one more piece to the bench. So, I mean, there are a few teams that you know are just going to do that anyway. And there's a few teams that, you know, might might just – sell because they were going to be shitty no matter what so that'll be something to watch for as we cross over the uh it's gonna be awesome having all-star break back too i do a i do a home run derby uh like little pool every year and a couple times my guys made the final and lost so i'm looking forward to almost winning the pool again this year it's it's not i like all-star break it's probably the only all-star game in all the sports i like so i'll give it that all-star break's awesome um what do you got what, what are we betting tonight? I don't have any baseball plays yet. Uh, a couple of the guys that normally talk to me about baseball, they said they hate the board. So what have you got tonight? I actually like the board, which is probably not a good thing then. If, if guys that you usually get baseball from, and I hope they're having better years than I am. Uh, you know, I there are quite a few things I like on the board here for tonight. And, you know, I, what's been challenging for me is it, it hasn't been a great baseball season again. And it's been remarkably frustrating that every baseball season winds up being different because the baseball's different or, you know, whatever else, or some kind of crazy thing early on in the year or something like that. Usually this is about the time that things get better for me. Usually about mid-May on through about the end of August is typically about when I do my best because we've got sample sizes, we've got things that we can actually go off of, so on and so forth. So there are a few things I like here for today. And one of them being, you know, this game today between the Cubs and the Giants. And I think that sometimes in baseball, when we look at the betting market, it can be a little bit reactionary. It can be a little bit narrative driven. And the idea that the Cubs not only swept the Padres, but did so in dominant fashion, I think kind of led to a mispricing with them here tonight, taking out a Giants team that I think still isn't getting enough respect out there in the betting markets. Zach Davies, a guy that I don't really like a whole lot for the Cubs. Very low strikeout rate this year. Walk rates elevated a little bit. He's been better over his last six or seven starts, but a lot of things open to some regression there. You know, he has had very good success on batted balls. The low strikeout rate hasn't hurt him yet. The Giants are a very good offensive team. Their park factor does hurt their numbers a little bit, but they're a very good offensive team. And Anthony DiScofani is a guy that, you know, he was in line for a lot of negative regression. He had a high left on base percentage, a low batting average on balls in play. Then he gave up 10 runs in an inning and two thirds to the Dodgers. And like his ERA jumped almost a run and a half. His left on base percentage dropped almost 13%. So it was that one start that kind of corrected everything for him. Now I think we're at a place where we can look at him and say, this is who he is. His full season numbers are about where they should be. And I think he's a pretty good matchup tonight against the Cubs pitching back at home. He hasn't pitched a whole lot at home so far this season. And something else here too about this game is like I talked about with the twins, I see a lot of positive regression indicators that really haven't come to the forefront. The Cubs are overperforming right now. When you look at them, they've got one of the highest left on base percentages in baseball on the pitching side. 
the offense is basically league average or slightly above, but they've won a lot of games in spite of one of the worst starting rotations in baseball. A lot of it has to do with the sequencing. A lot of it has to do with their bullpen and how good that's been. So I think over the next couple of weeks here, we do see the Cubs regress to a degree. And I think today a good opportunity for that. So I went ahead and took the Giants probably as my favorite side play of the day. Yeah, and the chat, <clears throat> the chat is loving it. Patrick says he's always behind a Zach Davies fade. Richard, Mr. Richardson's already on this one. And yeah, some Patrick also says clubs, Cubs bullpen, unsustainable. And yeah, they, it was weird. Like, and I was actually on the Cubs for one of those games and that made me nervous. And then, yeah, it's like, oh, they won like 6-1. Like, uh, you know, I, you don't want to bet against the Padres. And it, it, it did seem like, well, that was a little too easy for a Cubs team. Uh, I seen you had a total for tonight as well. I like these better, especially if it's a game I don't want to, pay attention to it just turn on the old score alerts <laughs> and then just i check my phone every once in a while and you see a bunch of them like oh that's a good thing or it's like oh the game started an hour ago and i haven't gotten an alert this sucks yeah this will be one of them i'll probably wake up at 1 a.m check the score and get pissed oh, off about because that's just how my season has gone so far but seattle and, and los angeles out there on the west coast and you know, Seattle is a team that they've actually been playing really well. They're overachieving quite a bit, too. They're second in baseball and batting average with men in scoring position, second in weighted on base average. They will regress. I don't know when, but they're going to. But one of the big things about Seattle is they are terrible offensively at home. They are really, really bad at T-Mobile Park because they adopted this philosophy of hitting a lot of fly balls, trying to hit for power. So at home, they've kind of gotten boned twice where it's a bad park factor, but also the baseball changed. So they were really negatively impacted at home. On the road, though, they've been a pretty respectable offense. They're 14th in slugging percentage, I think 19th in weighted on base average. And they're on the road here tonight in Anaheim against Griffin Canning, a fly ball guy with command issues. He's given up a lot of home runs this season, a lot of home runs throughout the course of his career. So to me, I look at this matchup tonight for Seattle and think this actually works for their offensive style because of the fact that they're on the road here tonight where they're actually a pretty average to decent lineup on the road. And then Seattle sending out Justice Sheffield here tonight. Sheffield is a guy that pitches very well at home with a good park factor, but does struggle on the road. Anaheim's done pretty well so far this season against guys like Sheffield to pitch to contact types, the guys that don't overpower them. So I think over nine, in fact, I saw this at eight and a half a little bit this morning, had to take it at nine for the article. Uh, but I think this is a good look at an over tonight where you may not expect it out of these two teams, but I think a lot of conditions are just kind of right for this game to be a little bit higher scoring than anticipated. Yeah. And this starts at nine 30 Eastern, like that uh, same thing. Like I'm not staying up for this whole game. I'll see what happens in the morning. I'll bet these and just check it in the morning. So, all right, cool. Yeah. A couple baseball picks on a Thursday Baseball Friday on a Thursday. That's what we're bringing you this week. I like that a lot, though. Adam, where can people find you and all your stuff? You said you're going to record a show right after this. I know you put out an article every day, and you can see it right there on the screen if you're watching at Skating Tripods on Twitter. What about all your stuff, though? Yeah, the betters box that'll come out here today, probably sometime between one and one thirty. now at this point. Uh, but ATS.io is the place to find me with that daily article with the baseball podcast also cover a lot of different stuff for them over there. Got uh, do golf previews and UFC stuff and NASCAR and all that as well. But uh, 
you know, baseball, kind of the thing that uh, I prioritize here and, you know, hoping the season turns around. But if nothing else, I think there's a lot of good information in that daily article that'll have application for fantasy purposes, daily fantasy purposes, and all of that as well. So ATS.io and at Skating Tripods on Twitter. Perfect. Thanks for joining us again, Adam. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk again. And I always look forward to talking to you about some college football in the fall. Absolutely, guys. Right. Take care. See you, Adam. Thanks. NBA elimination games tonight. Two of them. I don't know what we're doing with that, though. I, I, I don't have any sort of feel on the NBA, man. Uh, I stared. I looked. I thought. I pondered, wondered. Uh, it's just, it's, I really can't pick these series apart at this point. We've got the Blazers laying five at home. The total of 227.5. It's actually been bet down, even though we've had some higher scoring games even before the overtime. The pace in that second half was very slow, and I think that's kind of why the total is being pushed down. I was hoping for a little higher number to attack. I might end up talking myself into an under at some point, but again, as you can tell as I'm talking about, I don't feel great about it. Um, You've got the Blazers here, minus five. I think they can cover that number, but as great as Lillard was and probably will still be in Portland, he is going to need a ton of help from his secondary guys to stay close. I thought Denver actually could have played um, a much better second half than they did. And, and Jokic doesn't you know, necessarily play much better at home than he does on the road. So I think he's going to have a nice game. It's That number looks just about right to me. You look at Suns and Lakers, I'm honestly done with this series for, for the rest of the way. Hands, Hands off. off. Yeah. We don't know if LeBron's healthy, he's going to play. We're not sure if Davis is healthy, we think he's going to play. Chris Paul, we know, is not healthy. He's probably going to play. Let's just hold on to our son's tickets, continue to pray, and hope that, you know, I'm not going to watch this. It starts at 1030. Um, maybe I'll, I'll sit and watch the score and see it as I fall asleep. But hopefully we wake up to a, a son's victory tonight. I think they can win this game. I really do. I think that they're a live dog, but I don't know. I mean, you're if, already if, if you feel certain about this, you know something I don't. Yeah, you're, you're already invested. No, no sense doubling down on that. We'll just bet tennis. Let's just bet tennis. Um, yeah, if you paid that. attention... Coco Golf just took about, oh, 20. Was it a uh, tiebreaker plus a nine? 22 games to dispatch. Uh, 20, oh, yeah, 22, yeah. Sorry, 22 games to dispatch. Was it Kwang Wong? Wang Jiang. Wang Jiang. I'm terrible with her name, obviously. Okay. Ah, that's okay. You try. Another, another Coco Golf, two set over. Beautiful. Two for two. She's the official tennis player of this podcast. A couple holdovers. <laughs> I know just because of the timing with European tennis and where our show is on, sometimes we always, it's hard to tell when the order of play is going to be. So a couple from yesterday that you've bet, are these still within range? I haven't checked yeah. these numbers. Kirstea Kasekian, I saw a plus 150 out there. That's fine. Don't play it any lower than that. And then Zidancic, actually, if you remember yesterday, it was, um, I bet at minus 130. It dropped to minus 115 and is now back at minus 130. So uh, congratulations to you if you got on um, earlier. Again, I still like it at this number very much. I have this out to like 160, almost 165. So would play this minus 140, minus 145 straight up. So these are from yesterday. Um, if you didn't get on these, they should still be around. But we do have a couple new ones for tomorrow. And, these should, again, should be tomorrow. We'll, we'll see. It's it's tough, like you said, with these order of plays. But uh, two money lines. We're going to have a couple underdogs here. These numbers are a little bit on the move, but I, I believe you can still get uh, pretty close to the to what you're seeing here right now. Uh, Barbara Krejcikova uh, won the title for us last week in Strasbourg. She's, she's not tired yet. She's still trucking. 
that's a nice part. You get the day off here in the slams. Like normally we that's like true, to do the fatigue true. fades, but you get a little bit of a break here and she's really coming up and, and ascending kind of in an arc here. I think that she's kind of on a pathway to be one of the better clay players on tour. I like her, um, you know, as an underdog here. I actually have this right about a pick I'm here, Spitalina. Maybe her actually even as a small favorite if I start to tweak some things and, um, you know, really um, upplay the last couple months or so. Spitalina, very good player, incredibly smart tennis player, has a high level of fitness, but at certain points runs into players who can – you know, to, to use a phrase that's in tennis a lot, have the match on their racket. And Krejcikova will likely have lots of, of this match on her racket. So happy to back her as an underdog. And speaking of players that have matches on their racket, Mrs. Madison Keys. Now, this yeah. is going to be kind of a funky match. This could be fun to watch. This could be a mess. Victoria as a rank and Madison Keys are playing um, two women that aren't at their best on clay. But if you go back and look, have better results than you think, just simply because these are two of the biggest hitters on tour. They are able to hit winners that other players cannot. There's just could be watching two players hitting bombs at each other. And I think the keys, again, this would be much closer to a pick em. I would actually maybe even have keys again as, as a small favorite if I start to tweak some stuff for the last couple months, last couple years. You know, plus 160, um, I think is actually what I played it at. Um, plus 150s out there right now. I would play this down to plus 140, maybe a smaller play at plus 135. Um, keys again, I think this would be a good daily fantasy play simply because if she wins, this is going to be a blowout. Um, you know, you could get big numbers for a cheap price there. So 200 dogs for us tomorrow, four plays in total um, as the French Open continues. And uh, big names keep dropping out. Apologies and, and condolences to Barty betters. I guess we didn't know she was as beat up as she was. She apparently has a hip injury that is much worse than we thought it would be. So hope she's okay and back in, in good health for Wimbledon. But even bulldogs get hurt. I mean that that's a thing. So RIP <laughs> to everybody in that draw. Wide open for Bedosa. Let's go. I'll continue to watch a lot of French Open probably this weekend once I have a little more time. And yeah, I'm excited. I'll be on these dogs. We will eagerly await the opening line for Coco's next match. And as always, Actually, let me double check. I can give you some guidance on that. I will tweet it out, but why you why you tee that up? Let me see real quick if I can figure out what that number might be. I mean, as usual, anything less than 21 is probably a play. Yeah. So quick uh, shout out and love to the sponsor, WinBet, $500 risk-free bet. There's a little football player in the banner if you're looking now that gets you excited. Football's right around the corner. We're dangerously close to the Thursday. I had a buddy text me. A, just a screenshot from like Facebook or something with the, the countdown is on for the, uh, the Cowboys and the Buccaneers to play. So football right around the corner. Check that out. The links are in our pin tweet at Brown bag bets, like subscribe, re, you know, retweet thumbs up, give it a thumbs up on YouTube and join us tomorrow. As we have a very special guest, first time guest, Candace hair, talking tennis, talking horses she's formerly of tvg she knows her damn stuff when it comes to horses so hopefully we can get a get some winners for this weekend because i will probably watch that too i'm gonna watch a lot of sports this weekend it's gonna yeah. be a take it easy. i need to take it easy weekend because even the holiday weekend i didn't take it all that easy i spent a lot of time cooking so we'll uh we'll catch you guys tomorrow yep golf over 21 or better